Welcome to Spraymakers, the podcast that dives deep into the world of water skiing with Chris Rossi and Trent Finlayson. Getting your ski set up correctly is one of the most imperative things to your success. Listen as the boys hone in on some keys to get your ski ripping right out of the box. There's still nothing better than like cracking open that box, pulling a ski out of the plastic. I mean, new ski smell, uh, it, that excitement never goes away. So, so, <clears throat> so you're excited. You got a new ski. What's like, it's like step one. Like, how do you, how do you get, how do you get in on this? Well, I think there's a couple of, there's a couple of concepts that we should probably talk about before we talk about it, the, the nuts and nuts and bolts of this thing. And the two things that jumped out at me that is really important when setting up your ski is we need to, we need to make sure that we keep in mind the handle path idea. And trying to uh-huh. set our trying to set our ski up so that the ski wants to follow the handle path as well, and then the second concept is you know just about smear and what that's all about. And if anybody doesn't know what smear is or hasn't heard some of our podcasts in the back, smear would be the ability of the tail of the ski to slide outward while the front of the ski is tracking. And this mm-hmm. happens in the pre-turn and the finish of the turn and also through the edge change. So both of those concepts, I think, are really important to just kind of understand and realize what you're really trying to do with your setup. Uh, when we go to handle path, I mean, basically, you're, you're on set, set line lengths, um, depending on, you know, what, what it is that you're, you know, how many buoys that you're running. But you need that ski to want to stay on that handle path so the idea you know a lot of people want to set their skis up and have a 90 90 degree turn Um, the shorter the rope gets the less able you're able that you're able to do that and so you know sometimes i think people have this idea that if i can get to 90 out of the turn then i'm going to be able to hold the most amount of angle into the wakes and while that may be true for part of that journey off the second wake if you're, if you have too much angle going into the first wake, then off your edge change and out towards the buoy, all of that excess angle that you took is going to be taken away from you. And you're going to ski inside of that ideal handle path. And then the reverse of that is true. If you do not get the ski turned enough out of the turn, then you're going to run inside of the ideal handle path. So I think that you know, while 90 degree turn feels great, that's one of my first keys that I look at when I'm setting up a ski is how much am I turning and is my ski generally trying to, to follow this line? And I think uh, Slack will show you a lot about what's happening. Slack in the pre-turn means that you've been, and we've talked about this in previous episodes, that means you've been pulled inside of your natural arc and the mm-hmm. result usually will end up being Slack at the outside or finish of your turn. So I think that's a really big concept. Do you use that at all? Or, or does that resonate with you? Well, yeah, 100%. It's just, you know, if we're talking specifically about ski setup, you know, I've, I um, kind of stumbled on the idea of maybe eight, eight, six or eight years ago, eight years ago, um, about actually like actively trying to set my ski up for it to turn less. And, and I, and I'm not talking about a slow turn, um, but, but, but yes, to, to get more manageable, more manageable angle, like to trying to get rid of that pause exiting the turn while I let my ski, you know, while, I, while I'm forced to let my ski, um, scrub some of that angle. Um, yeah, for sure. Definitely a more controlled turn. It's, and it's funny, I, someone the other day, um, we had, we were working on their setup and, 
and they're like, you know, I like it. I just don't feel like it's turning enough. And, you know, when the question was, well, are how is your space? Well, I'm plenty wide. I'm plenty early. So then perhaps your ski is turning enough. It's just turning less, you know, and like you said, there's something, uh, if you don't scratch the surface, there's something comforting about a ski that does a hook 90 degree stop turn, especially on your onside that feels like it's, it's gotta be productive somehow. You know, like, like all of water skiing, it's counterintuitive, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, so I think that's a, that's the big thing. What we really want to do is make sure that we finish turns completely, but with our ski pointed in the direction that we can actually travel so that we can stay with the handle path, keep a tight rope all the time. As we've talked about before, when you have, when you have a tight rope, you have much more ability to make consistent reliable, dependable turns that you can build yourself off of. And I think that's really important. And then that other, the other concept I talked about that was super important to understand, uh, especially when you're setting up a ski is smear. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, smear is the amount that the tail of the ski can slide outward in relation to the tip of the ski. So, you know, if you have too much smear, the tail of the ski is gonna slide too far through the finish of the turn. And then your angle is going to be too great for you to stay on the handle path. And then also smear happens in the pre-turn. And if you have too much smear in the pre-turn, the tail, the tail is going to smear too much there and cause uh, the skier to go inside of the handle path. And also, you know, another, basically you're going to lose rope going in. So these two yeah. concepts, they kind of go hand in hand. You're trying to understand that we want to, we do need smear because we need, need the ski to slide through the turn but we only want it to go to a certain, a certain place. So getting on to how do I, you know, what's my first thing that I do when I, you know, want to set up this brand new shiny stick that I have. (laughs) And, you know, Trent and I will get the same exact feelings that all of you get. We just get it earlier in the fact that we're getting to test these products. So our, our timeframe for getting these products is, is considerably earlier than the than the consumer sees them but we're going through the, the same process the only crazy thing that you know you and i have trying as as testers and developers is that we don't have any baseline happening now yeah. by the by the time that the ski gets to you the listener we've spent you know hundreds to thousands of hours going through multiple prototypes multiple rocker flex combos um you know sometimes recutting the ski, making sure that it, you know, that it's, that it's a finished product, that it comes to the hands of the consumer. So, you know, I think that the next thing to do is to understand like, okay, I mean, basically the next thing is we come up with these, these, uh, factory settings for you, for you all. And these factory settings are settings that we've found that work for a multitude of skiing styles and mm-hmm. right foot forward, left foot forward skiers, all of those things. And so, yeah, I mean. I think, and I think the thing to remember is, and I think that this sometimes gets lost, is those numbers are, they're not, they're like, they're not rubber stamped, like, and they're far from, from arbitrary. They, they are like a direct result of, you know, like hours and hours and hours of testing and, and, and more importantly, collaboration through, you know, we, we have eight to 10 people um, on, on the radar side of things. We have eight to 10 people that are, that are riding, you, you know, skis that while they're being developed um, 
And there's a there is a collaborative a collaborative process in terms of who's writing what and what you know what styles and and where does where is the you know where is everyone sort of coming together in terms of where the ski works best. I, I think I think like there's a um, maybe a bit of a notion like that those numbers are just kind of the rubber snap numbers. Boom out the door. This probably will work good here. This you know certainly you know I can attest to in terms of radar's process, these numbers are going to work for, they're going to be the best numbers for 95% of the, the consumer. Yes. A hundred percent. And you know, that's what, that's why they're there. So if you take a look at the new 2023 vapor, we've got two recommended setups coming into this year. We've had a lot of time to test all of these different setups and, and how they, how they perform. So when I get a new ski, the first thing that I'm going to do is I am going to try if there's one recommended setting, I'm going to try that setting. If there's two, I'm going to try both. And that's something mm-hmm. really important. Even if you like the first setup, you know, I, I fully want you to try both to make sure that you have the best starting platform possible. And, you know, like we said, we've spent thousands of hours, you know, getting this thing ready to go and coming, coming up with these setups. So this is a great starting point for you. You're basically starting at the finish line for where we've come to in the evolution of these, these numbers. And so, you know, a lot of times it's going to be a short and deep setup and then a contrarian long and shallow setup. And the way that thin setup, thin and ski setup works is that you can, you can actually have both of those setups feel somewhat similar while you're on the water, but you'll gravitate towards one versus the other. And, um, you know, just a quick thought in my mind, a lot of my, you know, through all my years of, of setting up skis and working with, with clients and things like that, I think that one generalization I've seen to help people maybe find that spot is that a lot of times our lefty skiers tend to like the short and deep and our righty skiers tend to like the long and shallow. I would guess this to to kind of tie back into maybe, you know, how we enter the course, whether we're starting on an onside drop in an offside drop in and the rhythm that that consequently causes. So does that mean that all lefties will ride short and deep? No, they will not. So it will depend on it will depend on your preference. But that's the that's exactly where I would start when I get a fresh ski that has already had testing done to it and has numbers printed for it. And, you know, obviously the ski is going to come out set up one way or the other. So, you know, give that a shot. And then, you know, if you're comfortable with setting your ski up and working with calipers and, and those types of things, then I would go in that direction and try the other alternative settings. That being said, if, if you're not comfortable with that, you're going to move into step two. Okay. So, Step two is going to be boot placement. And Mm -hmm. this is a super important thing in my mind. And this is the first thing that the first exploration outside of factory setups that I'm going to go. And so, you know, once we decide on, on, you know, which setup, which factory setup that we gravitate more towards, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to start moving my boots around. And, you know, you may just say, I love where I'm at. And I would tell you still to play around with the boots. The boots are your rough, your rough kind of roughing, I guess is what it is, where yeah. you're moving at somewhere between most likely an eighth to a quarter of an inch on those mm-hmm. moves, which is 
a lot more than a 10,000th move on a fin. So what we're really trying to do is just find that, find that place on the ski that the ski feels the best for us. And then the other thing that uh, boot, boot placement really controls is drive behind the boat, meaning putting your body over the top of the ski in your lean so that you have the most, uh, the biggest platform to be accelerating and coming through your edge change on. And then the thing that I really look at when I'm, when I'm doing boot placement is how much of the tail is rotating through the finish of the turn. And if it is over rotating, then a boot move forward will put more ski behind your feet and will reduce the amount that that tail wants to slide through the finish and more. And if you move your boots back, it will reverse that, that idea. So, you know, get it, getting video on yourself, or I think video really helps because, you know, like we said earlier in the, in the, this episode, there's a lot of counterintuitive feelings out there. And, you know, just because you can turn 90 and feel amazing when you hook up, doesn't mean that you're going to be able to stay on that ideal handle path for the given line length. That's line lengths that you're skiing. Yep. Where are you at? Where are you at with this? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, like that through the exploration process of forward and back, I think my general rule of thumb is, um, forward. I always feel like I have, you know, as I move forward, I have more and more power into the edge change, which I obviously love. And then I just find that tipping point where if I'm too far forward, I start to feel narrow on my, on my, on my shorter line lengths. You know, I start to feel like I'm running a little more straight at the buoy. Um, so you're talking in the pre-turn, uh, the pre-turn area then. Yeah, for sure. And then on the opposite end of things, um, <clears throat> I feel like, cause I do generally run, run my boots a little further back than, than, than probably most people. And on the other end of the spectrum, when I start getting too far back, um, the big tell for me, uh, both sides of the course, but certainly on my onside turn is, is I have max angle set, not necessarily too much angle, but, but I, I I've come th- through the turn too far, like, you know, because of that tail slide before the boat's gotten far enough ahead of me to, to, um, give me the support I need at that moment. Um, so it's just that it's finding that, that, that balance. And, but like you said, you know, from that stock, I mean, it's very rare that, that anyone's going to be more than a quarter inch for aft from that, from that, you know, from that original stock number. Exactly. Exactly. I, I do say for those that, you know, uh, going back to the very beginning, I also want to throw in a little caveat. That is, if you have unique settings that you've been running for years and they seem to go ski to ski to ski, I would mm-hmm. also try those in your initial process of the two factory settings or the one factory setting, depending on what you what you end up with, and try those unique setups just so we know that we're we're close in the ballpark and does this work or does this not work? Yeah. Um, you know, and then, yeah. So if you imagine, if you put your boots on the tail of your ski, then you're going to have a lot more power over the tail of that ski to drive it through the finish. So you can actually come into the turn with less ski in the water and still drive it through. The question that I have is, do you have enough platform when you get behind the boat to hold your side to side, uh, handle path and be able to stay on it and also give you enough projection out when my ski, when my boots are too far back, I lose control through the edge change and I feel loose and kind of squirrely coming in. And then I tend to 
see the ski really rotate to 90 degrees of which if it does that too quickly, I'm turning into slack. So you get slack both ways. You know, if your boots are too far forward, just like Trent said, coming into the pre-turn, your body's going to move ahead of where you want it to be. You're going to have so much pressure on the ski that it's going to start to curve inward as well and get off of that handle path. That's why I think the handle path concept is so important for where, for where you're riding, you know, whether that be at 15 off or whether that be at 39 off, you know, so that's a really thing, really good thing. I, I really, my, my number one thing to everybody that I would say is you want to run your boots as far forward as you can and still be able to get these great turns. And like yeah. Trent, and like Trent said, we've done so much testing. You're going to be, you're, you're most likely going to be within a quarter of an inch of where factory tells you to be. But if you get to that quarter inch and only positive things are happening, I would say you keep going until something negative happens and then you back off just slightly from there and now you know you've got your ideal position it really just controls the main way that your center of mass is moving and affecting the ski and it's it's the most important it's the roughest one and it's going to tell you you know and, and and through that process i wouldn't touch the fin i would just you know if, For it's, sure. fun, if it's functioning and you're like okay now i want to run my boots then that's what I'm going to do. So now we've, you know, we've gone through a few sets and we, you know, maybe, maybe you nailed that thing, you know, in your first set and you're like, Oh, I moved my boots forward. I didn't like it as much. Move it back to center, like it more. I would maybe move it back behind center just to make sure that going the other way isn't the, isn't your jam and then figure out, okay, now my platform, I'm choosing this as my platform. And you can, you can change these platforms later on down the line, but there'll be, there'll be much smaller changes. So don't be afraid to just find that spot that you feel best on and leave the ski there. So now that we've yeah. got our, now that we've got our boot placement, you know, for, for me, Trent, my next thing to do is to try to decide Finn is fine tuning. So now all we're doing is kind of fine tuning how the ski reacts to us, how much tail slide we have, how much tip initiation that we have. And again, we're moving in thousandths of an inch now. So we're into the fine tuning of the process. And so you've got a couple of things. You've got your fin and you've got your wing. And I'll say in general, I, I typically don't mess with my wing that much. I think the factory recommended wing angles are set to basically to counteract the speed of the ski. So if mm -hmm. you've got a faster ski, you're probably going to see skis being run around nine degrees. And if you're got a, a slightly slower ski uh, or one that decelerates rapid or any of that stuff, you're going to see eights or sevens. And then the only the only thing to that would be if you're a, let's say, a 32 mile an hour skier riding, a, let's say you're riding a vapor, factory recommendation is going to be nine degrees. I wouldn't I wouldn't be afraid to go to eight if that's been your general rule and you know because we're not carrying quite as much speed we might not need quite as much of the wing to act uh, through the pass so yeah that's just yeah. a quick quick thought on wing i mean we can fine tune with wing for some i mean i just know that for me nine degrees is is my go-to move i can go to eight uh, but I, but I typically end up sliding back to nine, nine happens to be the factory recommended setting. So 
I would say you're not going to veer much from there. And if you have to veer a lot from there, your setup is probably not ideal. And then I would say, let's, let's go evaluate the setup to make sure that we're, we're pressuring the ski and giving the support that we need. Um, yep. Yep. So, so, but now if we take the wing out of it, my first move that I'm going to do is I'm going to set my depth. Um, I think depth really is the kind of next controlling factor. We've got our boots in the right spot. So the ski is tilting the right way and functioning the right way. And from there, I'm going to experiment with, with depth and depth really for me, keel on a sailboat. It is the thing that keeps the ski from just rolling over and, and, and not being supportive enough for you. Or on the flip side, if you have too much keel, the ski is going to want to stay so flat that you can never really get into a cut that, that leads you side to side in the direction that you want to go. Where, where do you, you know, is this, is this something that resonates with you, Trent, or do you go a different direction? Yeah, no, for for sure. For me, it's, it's, I just think of it as a roll angle, um, or, or, you know, they could also say lean angle behind the boat. How, how, you know, the, the shallower it is, the, the easier it's going to roll over, the more, the more lean you're going to be able to have coming into the wake. Um, so that goes, and that kind of goes both ways where, you know, we kind of talked about too much angle isn't sustainable, maintainable. And, and in the same regard, too much roll and too much lean angle, um, is going to be, you know, once you get past that tipping point where it's, you, you just have so much lean, so much pressure coming into the wakes that you're not able to dynamic, dynamically move through that edge change without giving everything back up. So everyone's kind of got their, you know, their own thing for, for, per, for my skiing personally, I, I want to have, I just think about, I keep going deeper and deeper and trying to control how quick it rolls over and how much lean I have into the wakes until, until I get to that point where it feels like the ski wants to flatten back out while it's under load. Um, meaning that's obviously gotten too deep. Um, for my personal, you know, it's all about the, the way you move. I feel like more dynamic skiers, people that are able to move more fluidly, I feel like they can run shallower setups. Um, I feel like if you're, if you are, you know, a little more still, you're, you're maybe not as athletic through that edge change, meaning, you know, not as, not as dynamic. Um, I feel like a deeper setup might work better for you, likely works better for you. Um, and again, I, I just keep going deeper until that, until like you, like you already alluded to, until that, that ski wants to flatten out and now I don't have any, you know, I can't maintain that cross course power. Yes. Uh, yes. A hundred percent. And it's, it's imagine this, if you had a crazy shallow fin, when you're passing through behind the boat, then you're, when you're in your stacked or, you know, your accelerating position. And as you come into your greatest lean area, you're going to have less support from that fin for the rollover. So let's say if you've ever seen a picture of, uh, Robert Pergozzi behind the boat, you know, he got to where his lean angle was all the way. I mean, he almost looks like his body is going to touch the wakes. He's that far leaned over in relation to the boat and a super deep fin. You'll lean that same intensity, but the ski will be remaining at, you know, maybe a 30 to 45 degree roll angle, even though that you're leaning against it a lot harder. And 
that will, you know, so you got to find that balance there. When you lean against it really hard and it won't roll up enough, then you're going to go too straight down the course and feel like you're just running inside of the ideal handle path the whole time. If you have too little, fin, uh, too little depth, then you're going to be in such an aggressively leaned position that it's going to be very hard to control how you come up and out of that. And you're going to have a lot, maybe you're going to have too much excess movement. So you're going to get thrown to the inside and, and go with that. I mean, that's, this is why we want to be really looking at uh, our handle path and where we're, where we're not staying on that handle path. I think it's really important on that end. Mm-hmm. So, so, it, you know, basically do some experimentation with, with your depth to make sure that it's supporting you. And then we move into this next realm where for me, I start thinking, you know, the, the, our listeners are going to think next, next move is, is the length measurement, which is how much, where the front of the, how much of the front of the fin is coming out of the ski. So, you know, if you measure from the front of the fin to the back of the fin underneath the ski, that, that long measurement. And really there's a couple of concepts there that I want to make sure people are, are aware of. And I think that there, there's a relationship between your length and your distance from tail. And when you add those two together, it basically gives you a number that tells you where the front of your fin is coming out of your ski. And mm-hmm. where the front of the fin is coming out of your ski, the further forward that point is, or the larger that number is, length plus distance from tail, the larger number that that is, the more pressure you're going to be putting or placing all the time on the front of the ski. Yeah. And, and so this basically determines where the water breaks on your ski. So the combination of length and distance from tail really is going to give you that feeling you, you know, so anyway, I want you to just just understand that that's, that's the deal. My next move is to start playing with, to start playing with my length measurement to make sure that, and I leave my distance from tail where it is at, in this point, but you have to understand there is a relationship there. Like if you just keep adding length, you're going to lower the front of the ski into the water. But if you don't change your distance from tail, you're going to, you know, the distance from tail, we're going to talk about this, you know, in a, in a minute, but distance from tail, the amount of fin that you have between the back of your fin and the back of the ski will create super slide as well. So we're trying to then balance out all of those things, you know, as a combination. But yeah. my next, my next stage is to do, is to do length. And my whole goal is kind of to make sure that I can run, but basically in my opinion, I run as much length as I can run to make sure that the front of the ski has pressure on it. I like pressure on the front of the ski because as I come off the wakes and I'm heading out towards the buoy line, I wanna know that the front of my ski is tracking, that I have pressure against it. But on the downside, if you have too much of that and that, that point is too far forward, then as you start to pressure that, as you start to come up over your ski, there's gonna be so much pressure there that the front of the ski is gonna to try to start pulling inside of the ideal handle path and it's gonna cause you to have a, have a loose rope. And if you have too little of that, as you come into the preterm, the ski tip doesn't have enough pressure. It wants to try to keep going outward. And you imagine if your ski tried to go keep going outward, but the handle is, is attached <laughs> to the boat and is running on its set path, if your ski is trying to go too outward, you'd think in, in 
this counterintuitive way, you'd think, well, I want my ski to go out max amounts out in the preterm, which will set me up the best. But if you, if you deviate from the handle path too greatly, you're going to have to come off the handle earlier because you can't travel with the ski. And then that causes you to lose connection to the, to the, to the rope swing. And you're going to again, be pulled inside of this ideal path and straight line towards your finish. So it's like, you can think of it as just like, it's just like a micro version of, of boots forward, boots back. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. That's, and I that's mean, the thing. And I, and I think that's the thing to remember too, is like, especially when you, you know, as you move through the, 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 the sequence of getting this ski set up through the process of it, um, remembering that these, I think this is often where people get into this rut where they're looking for, they're looking for huge, um, you know, like huge responses from, from just micro, micro adjustments. So, you know, keep, keep, to keep that in mind that, you know, if you can't make a huge change with a, with, with a, with a micro adjustment, meaning I think often we get stuck chasing that, that length or that leading edge or that DFT when it's actually, you know, if you're, if you're, if, if it's a huge change you're looking for, then you, you probably didn't finish setting your boots up appropriately. Yeah. And, and everybody, I would say that's a general rule that I see is that people create these really, really small boxes that they're working inside of, and they may need to have opened that box slightly to, to find their true potential match in how they have their ski set up. So that's why it's so important to do boots first before you do anything else. And then you're going to go through this whole process. And then you're going to, once you do fine tune it, you're going to ski on it for a while and then allow your mind to go, okay, let's, do we need to start this process over or am I extremely happy with where I'm at and I have the the correct platform to start on? And if you get to the end of this road and you have some quirks that you still feel you could work out, then you start this whole process over, move the boots, and then slightly adjust the fin. So anyway, but the one thing going back to this length deal. Yeah. So let's say you you found your 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 depth that you like. It's a little more depth than than what is recommended, but that is how you feel best on the ski. As you add any kind of surface area, you're going to change the way the fin supports you. So mm-hmm. total fin area, you know, we we call it here, we call it length times depth. That's a horrible math equation gone wrong, but it does give you just this raw number that you can kind of understand. I have more fin or I have less fin than factory setups and simple, simple deal. Go to the factory setup that you're closest to length times depth. It'll give you a number 1704, 1702, whatever that number is, 1720, whatever that number is. That number is there. That's holding power, overall holding power, which means when you're when you're allowing yourself to when you're going into your reach and you're really allowing your body to go inside of the ski edge, that that fin is going to give you the support to to hold you there. So if you tend to be a more upright skier who does not have, you know, when you look at your reach and your ski is a foot inside of your handle then you're probably going to be able to run less fin area for what you're trying to do. And if you look at it as, as you're being stretched more and more and more away from the handle, you know, especially for our short line skiers, you're probably going to want a little bit more 
fin area in general. And that, you know, that's based off of factory settings. But like I said, we ran these factory settings so much that we know that these spots are, are ones that, that help out there. So anyway, that's kind of that deal. So as you, as you, if, if let's say you found your depth, your depth's a little bit more than, than stock. And then you start playing with your, with your length measurement, you also have to remember that you are, anytime you're adding fin, you're adding hold. So you could need to, you know, reset that depth that you added in by running a little bit less length. And so that's why you see a shortened, a short and long setting and a, you know, shallow and deep, short and long and yep. uh, deep, <laughs> deep. No. Wow. Okay. Long and shallow and yes. short and deep. See, we, we still get messed up with this stuff too, you guys. Yes. So, but as you, as you do those things, that's, that's, that's kind of why they counter counteract each other. You'll see long and long and shallow is going to end up with a number that is in the ballpark of the short and deep with this, yeah. with this setup. They're not going to be identical because they, they do put different forces on the ski, but that's kind of the deal. So I'm, I run as much length as I can run so I can, so I can, Feel the feel the front of the ski, stay on the handle path, and make sure that the tip has enough support to to finish the turn, but not finish the turn with too much angle. Okay, so yep. you know as you as you shorten the fin, shorten the length, you're going to lose that pressure on the front of the ski. That can that can leave the ski riding high, but it also can it kind of gives the skier ability to manipulate the back of the ski and slash a turn or skid. I call it skid, where you push on mm -hmm. the back of the ski to get it to go through, and that can cause you to to turn into too much angle, where you're finishing at 90, 90 degrees again, and that that can be detrimental. And if you run too much length. The tip of the ski has so much pressure on it that it actually doesn't want to rotate through the turn. It wants to run more straight. If the fin were running the length of your ski, that ski would never turn. It would only roll side to side. So there is a, there is such thing as too much length. You're going to get too much pressure buildup coming into that apex. You're Then the ski is going to stall and not turn. So... You know, those are just some some quick thoughts on that, and also just keeping in mind that as you run more length, you will be adding surface area, and just keep track of that surface area until it becomes detrimental. All right, and then that's going to tell you about the about where you are, and that you may need to adjust your depth now that you have more. You know, reduce your depth a little bit, and these are all fine tuning, but reduce your depth a little bit to counteract all of that fin area. Uh, as a general rule, I try to run as much fin area as I can and still make predictable turns that I, that turn to the right, turn to the right angle and set me up for a really nice cut. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I'd agree with that too. I think kind of the, if I just had a general rule, like I, as I'm going through the setup process, I'm looking, I feel like I'm just trying to inch more or closer and closer towards um, a setup that avoids the extremes. Like I, I don't, I don't want to feel max tip pressure and then max release. I don't want to feel max acceleration and then max braking. I, I want to, I'm trying to find like something that just leaves me connected to the water without ever having, you know, um, excess pressure, either tip or tail, um, at, at any point. Cause you know, you can have that, um, you know, like a, like a lot of slide and a big turn and then, and a, and a lot of stick, uh, 
with your tail at the finish and then the process starts over again. I'm looking for just, just probably there's two things would be, I'm looking for connection to the water and, and balance. Um, again, just trying to avoid the extremes on both ends of the spectrums in terms of pressure and slide, just whatever leaves me, whatever, whatever platform just allows me to move the way I want to move. Um, more so than just making the ski do specific things. That's such a great way to say it. I mean, I, I had other words and just like always, Trent, your way with the words, I, that, <laughs> that's exactly how I would do it. Do it. I loved in the last episode, I loved the the duck analogy with the uh, comma, uh, comma above the water <laughs> with the feet moving below, right? I mean, <laughs> the, the shiny object, you know, all of those things. Yeah. I just, I love the way that you bring that together. And that's really what we're looking for. We have to feel natural on the ski. You can't, if you feel uncomfortable with how it's going to turn, then you're not going to trust your movements. And when we're at our hardest pass and whatever that hardest pass is, we're pressed to the max, to our max. And so we need to know that that setup is going to support us and be predictable through those through those movements. So moving on now to what I would finish with, my finishing thing is distance from tail. Yeah. If you, when you're setting your ski up, you feel, everything feels pretty darn good, but you feel like you're one-sided, meaning one side feels great. One side feels vulnerable or differences from one side to the other. That's where I really key in on distance from tail. Okay. Distance from tail is the back of the fins, the distance from the back of the ski to the back of the fin. And as that, as that increases, the fin loses its rotational holding power over the ski. So you can imagine if that if that distance, if you put just that same fin in the middle of the ski, then you would be able to rotate that ski 90 degrees at almost any point that you wanted to. There's a reason why it's way on the back of the ski, and there's a reason why it's it's it also is the most sensitive of all set of all the ones that of all the measurements that we use. And so what we're really doing is trying to fine tune drive, meaning holding power behind the boat so that that tail isn't rotating all over the place and then be the same exact thing out of the turn, meaning as we're coming into and through the turn, how much of that tail is sliding outward and how much holding power does it have through that, through that zone? So, you know, now I've got all of this stuff, if I'm feeling like I'm, Let's say I'm, um, if you, okay, so offside turn for me, one, three, five, the mm-hmm. right-hand side of the boat turn. If my fin is too far forward, I come into that turn feeling amazing. I'm, er- I'm on a nice early line. Everything feels great. I go to turn. And when I make my forward move back to the handle, the tail of the ski rotates or slides through that zone all the way to 90 degrees. I hook in, I feel super powerful. I'm coming into the wakes, everything feels great. And then I can't, that, that I'm, I'm off of the handle path. Now I'm, I'm too aggressive with my line versus where the handle's going to go. And I'm going to get ripped up into the inside through my edge change going into my onside. This causes me to straight line more into my onside. And then I basically over rotate that, that turn. And then the same process happens. So that's kind of where I mean, like I felt pretty good on one side and then I get kind of pulled up and narrow into the other. That to me is a DFT distance from tail alarm that goes off in my head. So when I'm 
just remember yeah. that if you ever feel one-sided, typically my first move would be going to distance from tail. Interesting. I, that as soon as, yeah, I, I was I was fascinated to see where that was going to go because as soon as you said, if you feel one-sided, I was my thought was. I can relate to this and, and I bet you a lot of our listeners can relate to this. So that, so you're saying that with that DFT being too far forward, it's just that you're creating too much angle too soon. Um, all, even though the turn feels great, but leaving you straight lining into the next side. Exactly. Exactly. So, so the other thing to remember with distance from tail is it's, it's much more sensitive than any of the other moves. You know, you, you might, yeah. you might only start to feel a length change at 10,000s, 15,000s, somewhere in that range before you really feel that that thing is doing anything, where when you're playing the fine-tuning game, distance from tail could be a 3,000s change, you know, just to, just, to, just to give a little more pressure to the back of that ski and hold it, just hold it a little bit longer so that it doesn't rotate to that 90 degrees. So if I, if in that scenario that I painted, that means that I'm overturning my offside and I'm basically straight lining into my onside, I would slide my fin backwards. Sliding it backwards is going to, as I, as I start to come into that apex of that offside turn and start to move in towards the handle and pressure the front of the ski, the tail, the tail, the fin is a little bit further back and just has that, that rotational holding power to keep it from over rotating. And then that, what that does is give me a better projection towards correct or following the handle path into my two four. So okay. if you feel my, my general rule is if you feel uh, narrow or not enough space into your onside, then I'm going to slide my fin back. If I feel narrow or not enough space into my offside, I'm going to do the reverse. I'm going to move my yeah. fin forward. Just means I'm too stuck. I didn't have the right, because I had my fin too far back when I finished that onside turn, same, uh, the ski didn't, didn't finish with enough or proper angle to stay on that handle path. And so now I'm building tons of pressure into the wake, but I'm not able to be on the right path. So I get pulled up and in, and then I race towards the offside turn. So yep. that's kind of how I use DFT, a pretty simple way of thinking about it. Um, do you have any other thoughts on no. that or do you, do you, do you agree with that? Yeah, no, that's that's exactly where I just I hadn't really thought of it um, in terms of like because because you know w most people would a lot of skiers are going to say they feel a definite imbalance and I just think that's a really good way of uh, of addressing it. Yeah, yeah. So those are really I mean that's a quick run through. It's always too quick for all of this stuff, but it's really nice I think for our listeners to have a pseudo game plan on how how I have this brand new shiny ski and how do I go about knowing that I'm at a place that it's that it's set up right and um you know there's a reason why we long you know okay so there's the two setups are typically long and shallow short and deep long and shallow the way it is really likes to have the boots run in a more forward position and it mm -hmm. counterbalances, then the fin is counterbalancing where that boot position is. Short and deep, we're gonna run different pressures on the ski, so we need our boots in a different place to be able to accept those pressures at the right moments. And that's why you end up with these two factory settings. And it's important to understand that I there'll be very few people that run boots forward considerably at least and a short and deep fin you know they just don't balance each other out and then you end up having deficiencies in your setup 
And then the other idea that I have is that for those of you that are listening that are not comfortable adjusting your fin, you still have a great advantage in the fact that you can move your boots and make sure that you're, you've created the best platform for you to progress on. So if you're not comfortable adjusting your fin, now is not the time to be trying to learn that through this process. Maybe find a buddy who really is, that is good at it and consistent at it and and that because what you want to be able to make sure that wherever you go with things i always keep a log book as well so log everything log everything you don't want to lose your favorite setup through this process you may be (laughs) you may be chasing better and you may have already found it i like to do that i want to go too far but we need to be able to get back to the setup that we were really loving so yeah, like I said, if you're if you're not comfortable with these setups, then use your boots to make sure you have the right placement. And it, even if you are super comfortable with it, don't overlook boot placement. It is the macro adjustment that we can use. And that is the most crucial thing for me when I'm riding a ski is, are my boots in the right place to give me the platform to perform on? <laughs> 